It is Thursday, May 19th, and this is People Every Day. Hello again, everyone. Your host, Janine Rubenstein here. We are only one day away from Friday. And beyond that, I am already looking forward to next week's Memorial Day weekend. But before all that, we have another jam-packed show for you today with lots to talk about. So let's dive right in. You guys, it happened. People can confirm that Rihanna and ASAP Rocky are parents. Rihanna gave birth to a baby boy. TMZ is reporting that the baby was born last Friday, May 13th, in Los Angeles. And a source close to the couple said they are at home in L.A. with the baby and that Rihanna is doing well. Quote, they are very excited to be parents. Rihanna is already a wonderful mom. So Riri and Rocky announced back in January that they were expecting. And some of us, speaking of myself, speculated it'd be a girl, given Rihanna posed in a series of photos taken in Harlem wearing a bright pink parka. I was wrong. (laughs) At the time, a source told people that the billionaire pop star, mogul, and fashion designer was excited and couldn't be happier. The new parents were last seen in public together in L.A. for Mother's Day, dining at Giorgio Baldi. So far, there is no word on what they've named their son, but congrats to the new parents and their little one, who I'm sure is shining bright like a diamond. Auntie Janine already loves you. Moving on, Nick Cannon shared some news about his future fatherhood plans. The mass Singer host recently spoke to E! News' Daily Pop and revealed he indeed has plans to get a vasectomy. Cannon currently has fathered seven children, ranging from nine-month-old twins to 10-year-old twins, with four different women. Back in December, he and Alyssa Scott lost their son, Zen, to brain cancer. Cannon has an eighth child on the way with model Brie Tiesi, and that baby just may be his last. As he said, I already went and got my vasectomy consultation. I ain't looking to populate the earth completely, but I'm definitely looking forward to taking care and loving all the children that I currently have. Cannon also opened up about how blessed he feels to have all of his children, adding, quote, I don't know if I would have designed it this way, but it's one of those things when you're blessed with the gifts of children. And as we all know, I've been through so much. I find solace. I find peace in my children and I find purpose. I mean, by all accounts, Nick Cannon is one of the hardest working people in entertainment, but I guess he has to be with so many children to support. A vasectomy is considered one of the most effective forms of birth control, but, you know, it was only a consultation, so we'll have to wait and see if his new dad days are actually numbered. Descendants actress Dove Cameron is pouring her heart out to fans and followers on Instagram. Yesterday, the 26-year-old posted a series of mirror selfies with tears in her eyes, as well as a screenshot of a lengthy note. The accompanying caption said that she's battling internally with the concepts of identity versus the self and is currently experiencing depression and dysphoria. The lengthy post read in part, I've been covering mirrors lately. I've been feeling wrong in clothing that used to make me feel beautiful lately. I've been crying a lot lately, sometimes terrorized by my identity and image. The former Disney Channel star went on to tell fans that it's okay to, quote, feel alone in a sea of what seems like humans who are comfortable in their identity. 
Cameron ended her message saying she's beginning to have hope that social media platforms can be a safe place for expression. It's heavy stuff, but hopefully her speaking out and and being open and honest about it all is helping. It's a reminder that we all go through things, and even living a glamorous life isn't always as glamorous as it looks. Wishing her the best in getting through this tough time. Now, get the tissues ready. One of TV's most beloved and heart-wrenching shows, This Is Us, is set to air its season finale in just a few days. And we have an exclusive behind-the-scenes look into that finale and the wonderful emotional world of the hit show. A primetime series that has maintained my attention over the past six years is NBC's This Is Us, starring Mandy Moore, Sterling K. Brown, and Justin Hartley, uh, among others. And if you haven't heard by now, the series is in its final season, with only one episode remaining. To send the show off with a bang, the cast got together for Entertainment Weekly's digital cover that is live on their site right now. They got candid about what the show means to them and how it has change their lives. So to catch me up on everything leading up to Tuesday night's finale is Entertainment Weekly senior writer Dan Sneerson. Hi, Dan. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, first, how are you feeling right now? Well, I'm, that was quite an episode on Tuesday, which took Rebecca into the afterlife and pretty exquisite stuff, heartbreaking. But there was hope there. There was uplift. I think everyone's just probably pretty wiped out after that. Like, how do they get through one more episode, you know? (laughs) For sure. Well, congratulations on the cover. You got a chance to get up close and personal with the cast. So take us behind the scenes of that. It was interesting to to go on the set in those final days. You know, they've been working on the show for about six seasons. There's a lot of joking around. That's actually like one big misconception is that behind the scenes, it might be like really heavy and stuff like that. Like they're a pretty jokey cast. Mandy Moore always talks about, she's like in the old age makeup and she's like, guys, don't make me laugh. But there was this little bit of like a hushed reverence would fall over for these key scenes and you could just feel the weight of it. The goodbyes were were very emotional. So it was really just sort of like a constellation of emotions. What are we hearing about the last, last episode. What what do you know? What can you tease us in terms of how this is going to send us up? Yeah, I think that this episode is just more, they describe it as a an epilogue and a coda and a warm blanket and a cup of hot cocoa. It's just not going to be as emotionally dramatic. He just kind of wants to send you off into your own life with a smile on your face. Maybe some more happy tears. Sure, there's going to be the funeral, So we will deal with that. But it's not an incredibly morose episode. They have been working on this finale for a while. So we are going to go live in the past with Jack and Rebecca. So you'll get kind of a moment or a whole through line with them living back in those happier days. Yay. Oh, it's the hug that we need. So what are some of your favorites, your most unforgettable moments from the show? I think that pilot is just fantastic. That They really, you know, bring you right into that world and that twist where something just doesn't feel right about everything. You're like, you see Jack and Rebecca's outfits. You're like, oh, maybe they're kind of hipsters. You know, it's like retro where you look at the hospital and you're like, this equipment looks a little outdated. Like, I guess their set design wasn't great. So it's like little things are just nagging at you, but you don't quite realize it. And then, of course, when 
the light of the cigarette in the hospital. You're like, you can't smoke in a, oh. And then you go right into episode two, right? And at the end of that, where Rebecca, present day Rebecca shows up with her husband and it's Miguel, not Jack. And so you get that one-two punch. Surprises, surprises all the way throughout. You're so right. So what character did you love the most? What that resonated with you the most? It was pieces of different people. I think Randall just trying so hard, a perfectionist, and being racked with anxiety and the search for identity. There was something in him that just never feeling like he quite fit. I thought that character really resonated. I think just William was just such a gentle soul and just the regret he lived with, but able to just make his life so beautiful at the end, like it was all worth it just for that final stretch. And there were parts of Jack, you know, I I was talking to Milo about this and he's like, he was a man from a different era and there was almost this thing he just felt like kind of out of reach. I always put so much effort in making him attainable and that you could be Jack if you just put in the effort. I do think that there was something about him that, you know, you just were like, God, I want him as my dad. I think Rebecca kind of just being the silent MVP of that family, especially in those early years, and then seeing her kind of take the reins once Jack died. I think the conflict in her was really fascinating. It's just so good. (laughs) It's just so good. Well, we must acknowledge the fact that there are some people who have never seen it. Do you think this will have a second life in streaming? I would hope so. I think we will look back at this cast and, and be like, it was great to have this collection you know, Mandy, Milo, Ron Cephas Jones, you know, Chrissy Betts, Sterling. I mean, it reached such a big audience already. So, but yeah, it will be there in, in, in the forever after for people to check out. Everyone, be sure to check out the season finale of This Is Us Tuesday night on NBC. And thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Coming up, we're going to get the inside scoop on the Cannes Film Festival from one of my colleagues who's on the ground in France. But first, we get into the big celebrity relationship stories that have been swirling around out there today. We'll be right back. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. We are back and it's time for some celebrity relationship updates in this week's Heart Monitor. Harry Styles opened up about shooting his upcoming film, Don't Worry Darling, with his girlfriend, Olivia Wilde, who directed and also stars in the film. In an interview with Howard Stern yesterday, the actor and singer kept it professional and spoke about what it was like working with Wilde, saying, I had a wonderful experience being directed by Olivia. I think there is something that obviously acting is very uncomfortable at times. I think you have to trust a lot. He also noted, being able to trust your director is a gift. That was helpful, and it really meant for a really nice experience working on that movie. 
Behind the scenes, we know Styles and Wilde met on the set of the film back in September of 2020 and officially stepped out as a couple together the following January, which kicked off a slew of rumors about Wilde's messy split from ex Jason Sudeikis. Don't Worry Darling is set for release in September of this year, and I am very eager to see the chemistry between the two actors in HD. Next up, husband and wife duo Idris and Sabrina Elba are learning a lot about relationships. After three years of marriage, the couple is sitting down with some of the world's most dynamic partners for the second season of their Audible podcast, Coupledom. In the series, the Elbas interview some of the biggest partners in the entertainment industry to see what makes them work so well together. The two recently opened up to People in an exclusive interview about what inspired them to have a show like this. Sabrina said, quote, We don't do the podcast to give advice. We do it to learn and speak about relationships. She commented on their own relationship saying, it's not 100% easy to work with someone you're in a relationship with, but I feel like we've definitely sort of found our way. Now we get to sort of build dreams together and see what that looks like. Her husband Idris added, I think never losing sight of the fact that it's a journey is really important. So to hear more about their romance and home life, be sure to see the full interview in this week's issue on Stands Tomorrow. And last but not least, we have some breakup news. People exclusively confirmed yesterday that model and actress Minka Kelly and Daily Show host Trevor Noah have ended their relationship. A source told People that Minka is single now, adding that the Euphoria actress has the best attitude and that she is very happy she'd rather be single than waste her time with the wrong guy. Noah and Kelly began dating back in August of 2020 and briefly parted ways in May of 2021 before rekindling things a few weeks later. Another source told us that Noah was, quote, too focused on work and didn't have enough time for a relationship. He's back in the dating game as well. Well, I am sure neither of those two will have a hard time moving on. The 2022 Cannes Film Festival is officially underway. And to be honest, you guys, physically, I may be in L.A., but mentally, I am in the south of France. The movies premiering there are big. The fashion is fabulous. And I just want to know all the details about this year's festival. Luckily, I know someone who is there, but also here right now to share everything with us. People Deputy Editor Wendy Noggle is coming to us live from Cannes. Hey, Wendy. Hi, guys. Well, take me into this year's festival. What is the energy like where you are? Is everything as glamorous as all the pictures make it seem? There is so much energy this year. I was here last year. That was my first can and I thought it was fantastic. But this year it is so much bigger, so much more energy. You can just feel it on the streets. There are more people lining the sidewalks to see people drive by in their black cars. There are many, many more rows of photographers. And there are a lot bigger stars as well because movies are back. And that's really what the festival is really celebrating. Well, off the red carpet, all, out, of, out of all of that stuff, what's been your favorite, just personal moment out there in the south of France? Oh, gosh. I mean, the weather is stunning. You couldn't ask for better weather. I think what I'm just excited about is the energy here is spectacular. I know we had the Oscars and these other moments where it felt like we're back. But this to me really does feel like People are so excited to go out there again. Nice. What have you eaten that you've been obsessed with? Oh my gosh. We went to a restaurant today called La Garite and it's over on an island. We had to take a boat to get there and had the most fantastic fish. And you had the beautiful image of the sea and the mountains behind you. And that was pretty special. 
Oh my goodness, yes. So the big one, a major movie that premiered at Cannes this year is Top Gun Maverick, and you got to go to the premiere. So what did you think, first off, and and did the movie really get a five-minute standing ovation? It did. I mean, it was partly for the movie, but it was also partly for Tom Cruise. They did a wonderful retrospective of all the films that he's been in in his life. And it is a moment that you look back at his body of work, which is just incredible. And one of the things he said at a session earlier in the day is someone asked, you know, the movie was delayed for the pandemic. Did they ever think of pushing it out to streamers or some other distribution method? He said, absolutely not. Like this movie is for the theater. He believes in theaters. And there was definitely a celebration for that. I love the movie. I think it's everything a summer blockbuster should be. It's fun. It's got nostalgia. It's got suspense. So I think everyone's going to love it. Well, I'm sold. (laughs) So while you're at Cannes, you are getting to talk to some amazing people. and, And one of them was Elle Fanning, right? So what did you guys talk about? And who else are you going to speak to? She was actually there at the premiere for Top Gun. And there was an amazing moment when they presented Tom Cruise with the Palme d'Or d'Honneur, which is an honorable award. And he called her out from the stage saying what it meant to him to have her there and how he remembered when she was basically knee high and looked up at him and said, I'm going to be an actress. And he said, well, yes, you are. (laughs) Of course, he had worked with her older sister, Dakota. Mm -hmm. When I spoke to Elle this morning, she said he has been wonderful in keeping in touch with Dakota and with Elle. He sends a coconut cake for her birthday every year. And it's just been really wonderful and supportive over the years. And she said that when that moment on the stage happened, it was almost an out-of-body experience. You know, she was blushing, she was crying, she was just so overwhelmed with emotion. And she woke up this morning really just pinching herself. Oh, I love it. I want to know what you're getting into at Cam. What are you excited about? There's this Elvis biopic, but you have some other stuff going on too. So tonight I'm going to see Armageddon Time, which is the Anne Hathaway film. I'm really excited about that. It also has Anthony Hopkins in it, written, directed, and produced by James Gray. But it was selected to compete for the Palme d'Or, which is the top prize here at the festival. It's definitely getting a lot of buzz. And, uh, you know, I won't be here still, unfortunately, when the Elvis biopic is Scream. So I'm super bummed because I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan and I'm really excited to see that movie. But I think that is going to be another huge bookend to the festival. You know, you have Tom Cruise and you have Tom Hanks and it really doesn't get any better in movies than that. This is just, my jealousy is through the roof at this point. I'm so lucky. I'm a guest of L'Oreal Paris. So I'm very lucky that they gave me the opportunity to come with them and get to interview so many stars while I'm here. Wendy, I am honestly living vicariously through you. Enjoy the rest of your time at Cannes, and thanks for stopping by. Thank you. All right. Well, lastly, I'm sure a lot of you have seen the viral video of seven-year-old sprinter Talia Crawford, who lost her shoe at the very beginning of her 200-meter race. In a video posted to her father's Instagram, you see the other runners take off as Talia has to stop, go back, and put her shoe back on before getting back into the race, running hard and trying to catch up. Only she doesn't just catch up. You can hear her family cheering her on as she gains ground. 
Amazingly, she passes the other girls in her heat and wins the race. The video has made the rounds, and people all around the country have applauded Talia for not giving up and have shared how she's inspired them to keep pushing. In response to all of the attention, Talia had this to say to ABC's Nightly News. I just wanted to thank y'all for supporting me and sharing my video. I just love that so much. Thank you, Talia. And I hope that was something to make you smile. Well, that's our show for today. Be sure to join us again tomorrow as we close out the week on a brand new episode of People Every Day. 